0: Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm going to be natural.
1: I am Dr. Dozier, and I am going to be super. Yeah. And I am Dr. O, and I'm going to be the junkie.
2: He's Dr. Dennis, and he is a junkie. I am Dr. Kevin, and we are
0: the, the supernatural, supernatural junkies. junkies. Well done. Well done, boys. <music> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Supernatural Junkies, and the gang is all here today. And by gang, I mean Doctor Kevin, Doctor
3: Dozier, Super D, Super D, and Doctor Oh. The That's menace me. of Dennis is returned. Yeah,
0: the Dennis you guys, squared
2: guys couldn't get rid of me yet.
0: Well, you guys are Dennis squared.
2: That's right. Most people don't know, but oh, my sorry. first name is really Dennis. So
0: spoiler alert.
2: So there's technically <laughs> double Dennis's here. D yep. squared.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs>
2: But I was a menace, so I had to have mine changed. And uh, (laughs) he wasn't as much of a menace, evidently. So so Mm. I project my menacing on Dennis. Uh Uh-oh.
0: So what are we talking about today?
2: We are going to finish the woke agenda. You know, what we're struggling with in the world is that the Bible predicted there was going to be this falling away. But the issue is it's hard to believe that it's really happening. And we are seeing the woke agenda, and we, we've talked about what some of those key components are and how this has really led the church into a false gospel, a false messiah. And so we're going to put the whipped cream, ice cream, whatever you want to call it, cherry, cherry on, on top. top. yeah, And wrap this <laughs> thing up so you'll be able to see before the end of this how in just a few minutes you can completely and totally refute that these are incompatible with Christianity. And uh, so I think Dr. Dennis has got a verse for us today.
0: Oh, he's just going to get right to it. He's like, yeah,
2: let's do this. He did. He did. Let's and go. Because he was chomping. See, so last week he was a little slow with the verse. and
1: at
0: him calling there. you out. I, Look I, at I, him. I, Not I, nice.
2: I weaseled right in there. You
1: did. You did a good job, Bill. <laughs> did a good job. The verse I have for today, which since we're talking about woke and how it's um, getting into certain aspects of our society, especially the church. Um, Comes from Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and onward. Paul writing to the church of Galatia. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Mm. Even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed.
0: Mm. That reminds me of that, that do not, what was that? They're about the angels? Mm-hmm. Were the angels named Naked Truth?
2: Naked Truth. Naked Truth. Naked
0: Truth. <laughs> Got him to do some really weird stuff.
2: Well, and there there is seducing spirits. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's the doctrine of demons, and uh, it just goes to show you that uh, somebody said this to the, the other day. And actually, they were they were just asking me a question about something Doctor Dozier said, and it was about the church. And so I said, "Well, I can't remember the the total question, but." The real issue was, why? What's going on with the church, right? Why, why is the church not being the church? Why is it not being salt and light? And um, and of course, one of the things that Dr. Dozier brought up was some of these issues. And I said, well, the reason he said this is because if you think about the biblical version of the church, if you went to church and you didn't actually have fellowship with anybody, um, sorry guys, you didn't go to church. You know, and and the real issue otherwise besides that is that our call is to not just, you know, preach the gospel and have people come forward and be saved, but to make disciples. And a disciple is a student. And a student is not a student if he's not being taught. And so you can see just, if you just look at the average church, they'll say, well, we know that you're not getting fellowship. That's why we want you to join a life group, right? Right. And, and, of course, the people that do that are, are getting fellowship, right? But how many people go to church actually are a part of anything like that? And then ask the church, how many times do we have a real teaching ministry? I mean, it really is kind of, you kind of get left to the milk, um, not the meat. And there's, there's almost no real teaching ministry in most of the big churches. I mean, they cover a book here or there in a Bible study but you can see where the teaching side, and then how many people in that church ever participate in the teaching ministry. And so you see now what the real issue is, that the church isn't actually following the biblical paradigm anymore, right? We're we're not participating in teaching. We're not participating really in the fellowship. We just have a lot of big services, and we're all, you know, hopefully entertained by that, and that seems to be the point. But if, if you got something deeper, that's why people are missing this. And that's why we have the Baptist Church literally splitting over critical race theory. Here's a, a, a group of people that are pastors. They're supposed to know their Bible. And, you know, the Bible's pretty clear about some of these points. And yet somehow they're being seduced. And, of course, we could say it was demonic. We can certainly say the deception spirit is, is starting to drop on America but this is what's happening. And so these are other reasons for why that's happening. Dr. Dozier, do you recollect that conversation?
3: I do, I do, I do.
2: Do you have any other fill in the blanks? Because that's all I can remember from that. You did
3: a very good job bringing bringing those things out. And when we look at it, there are those, we hear those who say, well, I don't have to be uh, a part of a local assembly or I don't have to fellowship with others to be saved, to be a part of the church. A number of words were were mentioned in that statement if someone didn't make that statement, when they say, I don't have to fellowship. To fellowship would be a partaker. A partaker in what? A partaker of the things of God, a partaker of sharing, a partaker of doing what it is that God says we're supposed to do. And when we look in Hebrews 10, I believe it's verse 25, uh, we are warned to forsake not assembling of ourselves together. And when you speak of forsaking, we look at that in the Greek, that is to leave one in dire straits. That's to leave others to themselves. That's like abandoning. Uh, forget not dissembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And even today, that is the manner of some. But we need to come together. And what we're doing is we're encouraging one another, uh, exhorting one another. And when you're exhorting, Not only do you encourage, but there are times when you are giving warnings, and there are times when warnings are needed, especially when people begin to get off track, exhorting one another in love, uh, because the day is coming. So we can see clearly that we've been brought together as a family, as a spiritual family, and you cannot partake in that family if you stay to yourself, and that in itself will fracture and weaken the church when people begin to do such things.
2: And that's exactly the point. Divide and conquer is the, the the most obvious strategy. And so that's what these doctrines are trying to do is to divide the church to make us ineffective. And uh, so when we get back to CRT, you can see that this is where some of this, the, the racism just seems to control a lot of the dialogues around wokeism. But if you think about what Jesus said, he says, those that are not what? With Against me. us are me. for us, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a sense in which that, that we, we can move forward with people groups, right? But here, if you're not with them, you're against them. You're actually, they immediately label you as a racist. And by the way, that doesn't matter what color your skin is, you see? And so we have multiple people. Um, Larry Elder being, you know, when he was in California running, a lot of the things, one of the ways they branded him was a white supremacist. You know, and so it doesn't matter what you color know, it's, your skin is. Like that is. Dave Chappelle skin, right, folks? Right? If you don't know, Larry Elder's a black man. Yeah. Yes. I don't. <laughs> so and and so this is literally what's happening here. And so once racism becomes the central paradigm mm-hmm. with how you see the world, you see now you've you've now embraced a false religion. Well, it
1: goes back to when they they have equated um, op- racism with oppression, and that's they started this that's about right. 20, 30 years ago with with gay people. Uh, being, you know, equating themselves, their, their oppression with, with, um, with the civil rights movement. Right. And, you know, it's, it's two different things. You know, um, people do not choose their ethnicity, um, but uh, the gay lifestyle, um, I know I'm going to get flack on this, is a choice. And I know there are people that say, well, I'm born that way. We have not found the gene yet folks mm-hmm. and if they do find a gene i would assume that the gay community would be the number one pro-life uh advocate out there right so there is mm-hmm. no gene for uh to be gay right and, and that's there so there is no equation or equal uh e- equality with the civil rights movement
3: uh, well, and this is no original for me i just want to get off on that one this is no original for me but uh, when you were mentioning how someone said, I was born that way, and you can go back and forth to try to prove that that's not the case, and I don't get it, uh, but I heard something, and I'm I'm borrowing this, so this is not an original, but I heard something, and I took it, and I borrowed it, and I use it. Uh, when a person says, okay, I was born this way, well, you can come back and say, well, that's why you need to be born again.
0: Mm. <laughs> I love that. Okay, that's wow. why you
3: need to be born again. Because what you're really talking about is in your mind, it definitely is not in your physical. In your mind, what put it there, who put it there. Mm -hmm. But when we're in Christ, we become a new creation and we get the mind of Christ. And then we can come to the true identity of of who it is that Christ made us to be. Mm -hmm.
0: And isn't saying you're born this way, it it knocks a hole in the whole theory as well of um, gender and sexual preference being fluid Mm -hmm. Right. Doesn't that sort of knock a hole in that as well? Like it, it's either one or the other. Is it, Mm -hmm. you know, it sort of descends back into the madness of it. I am whatever I say, I think I am or feel like I am. Because, you know, some people will argue, well, I was born this way. And then we have the other group that's saying, well, it's fluid. You can be a demi boy one day and a demi girl the next day. It's how Mm -hmm. you feel.
2: But that contradicts their original statement of saying, I was born this way, when the BTQ clearly is saying, we're not born this way. And a lot of the LGs are actually picking up on this. A lot of the LGs are also... they're they're
0: sort of separating based on this because there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of infighting, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what happens when what you're arguing is madness, right? There's no making sense of it.
2: So there's also no peace. Because you cannot change, right, the color of your skin. This is a problem that can't be fixed, right? And so, this is where you also then get this varying moral standard, where they're allowed under because they're trying to right this this social injustice. They're allowed to do whatever they need to do.
0: But also, I have to point out the the idiocy of saying that somebody like Lori. What? Sorry. Elder Larry Elder is a white supremacist or Candace Owens, right? Because they don't have the exact same viewpoint. You're now telling them like, but you're not acting like the color of your skin is the same as ours. It just, it starts at some point where you're like, wait, where does this end?
2: Well, and of course- You know, why is their
0: experience invalid?
2: They immediately, you know, put Jesus into the idea that somehow he was white, right? And so now, again, his whiteness can't be fixed, right? And so you can see this is- This is something that's an unfixable problem that that there is no solution for. The only solution is for them to do to basically the other people group what they did not like when they did it to them. I
3: I believe that when it comes to anything that we have, you have to look at its etymology or its beginning. Uh, And when you look at critical race theory, uh, pretty much what you have is an R, R being placed in the middle Mm -hmm. You have CT, critical theory, and then what happens is you take critical, you put race in there, critical race theory. And so you need to look at the roots and see, has it strayed very far from the roots or is it sticking with its roots? But the roots of critical theory is in Marxism, okay? And it was totally against capitalism. It focused on society. It focused on culture uh, and challenges to change how the powers were structured. Now, you this particular critical theory, I want to go into that, the Russo critical theory. Uh, at one time, it was at Frankfurt School of Philosophy. And I don't mean Frankfurt, Kentucky, but Frankfurt, Germany. And then in 19, uh, was it not around 19, I believe, uh, 33 or so, when Hitler came into power, they had to get it out of there because the Nazis were totally against communism. <clears throat> okay, so they had to get it out of there. And then what happened is it re- relocated. First, it went to Geneva, Switzerland. And then from Geneva, Switzerland, it went to Columbia University mm. in New York City. And so this is how you got it here. Now, I want to bring something out because we hear about the white Jesus, the black Jesus, when uh, the word says God is a spirit and it worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh I don't know what he looked like in person, but I I think we all miss it in the West because he was in the Middle Eastern area, Mm -hmm. okay? But when we look at this, I wanna give you something. Uh, I took this down some time ago about Karl Marx, um, 1818 to 1883, the father of Marxism. And I know it was able before him, but Marx is the father of it all. He went to it. Now, Marx believed that religion was an illusionary happiness and served as the demand for real happiness of the people of religious beliefs. So people of religious beliefs are disillusioned. And to call people to give up on their illusions about their conditions is to cause people to give up on a condition that requires illusions. So now when you go into critical race theory, straight from critical theory, you they, It is imperative that they destroy any view that anybody has of Jesus because you want to destroy uh, faith in a God. And you want people to begin to believe in a certain uh, uh, person, uh, a certain cultural leader, or whatever the case may be. And any time you do this, there's going to be division, reason being uh, because there are people who do not go with it. And so you need to eliminate whoever does not go with it. So you always pick a people first to choose. There's a people that's being oppressed. We have had that history in America, yes. But things have improved dramatically. Things have improved greatly. Uh during World War II, Japanese were in internment camps. Right. And you can go on and on and on. Yes, uh, Blacks went through more than anybody in this nation, but just about every group mm-hmm. has gone through something. Uh, pretty much when you say even this nation. Irish. When you, even the Irish. Even the Irish. And when you say this nation, this, this, this nation mainly belonged to, oh. the, to the Indians, but we decided that, uh, well, some decided, I won't say we, because at that time, we, I'm a Black person, we were in bondage. But there were those who decided that the Indians would be taken off their land and would be placed in parcels known as reservations. And so I'm just bringing that out to say you can look at uh, any time in any group of people and as, as a matter of fact, any nation. And if you really did uh, take the time now and you, you, you did some, some research and uh, you looked at some statistics, you would find that today— there are more slaves around the world than there's ever been. That's Amen. another story. But you Amen. would find that, and and they don't all they don't all look like me. So when you go to this this critical race saying, theory, they're,
1: they're not good looking like you. <laughs> so when you go, here we go. So, so when you go to this,
3: when you go to this critical race theory and wokeism, and this is where I'll top this off. It is a dangerous thing. For the church to step into, and what you open up with, Doctor Dennis, when the church goes into that area, it has apostatized. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. it has
3: fallen away from the true faith. Mm-hmm. Because I went to that to to Marx and to critical theory believers and thinkers, uh, faith or religion, as they would call mm-hmm. it, is an illusion. Mm-hmm. To believe in God is an illusion, mm-hmm. and so you have people who have been deceived by people who believe there is an illusion. And so now in their, in their teaching and that which they're backing, they're backing that which others believe is an illusion. So now you've gone away. It insults God. And you have to ask yourself, can I really call myself, or can we really call ourselves a portion of the church of the true and living God when we embrace something other than his word?
1: It's, it's interesting. When you were talking about critical theory versus critical race theory, And then I went, oh, let me go look up critical theory. And here's a couple definitions from Wikipedia. Main idea, it must account for society within a historic context, and it should seek to offer a robust and holistic critique by incorporating insights from all social. Another one, critical theory argues that social constructs such as science and tradition, here's the key, can be manipulated to dominate particular groups of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Purpose, one more, Kev. Critical theorists seek to understand human experience as a means to change the world. That's right. The common purpose of researchers who approach investigation through critical theory is to come to know about social justice and human experience as a means to promote local change through global social change. If that doesn't sound like Barack Obama, right? I don't know what does.
2: Well, this is what all of these theories were designed to do. They're Hegelian in that they, they want these two opposing forces, oppressor or oppressed, to, to have this conflict so that there's this new synthesis, a new reaction of the generations to follow that will be completely different. And it's all designed to do that. Uh, one of the other big things that's, that's happening within the Wilkinson is the Wokeism is intersectionality. So that's actually a feminist analytical framework for understanding how individuals' social and political identities result in a unique combination of discrimination and privilege. Well, what are they gay focus on? They're going to focus on things of advantage and disadvantage, factors like race, caste, sex, ethnicity, class, sexuality, religion, disability, and weight, and, of course, physical appearance. So these are all parts of how they want to divide us, and they want to take away, right? The bottom line is God gives what he gives. We all have what we have from him, and it's sufficient in him. And so this is how detailed they want to get when it comes to dividing us, to somehow to to make, again, they're playing God, to, to make this justice happen. So this is also stuff that comes out in the book, The Naked Communist. And again, they had 45 Um, different things that they focused on there. But one was to get control of the school, the teachers, the unions, right? Check. Yep. Yep. And Mm -hmm. so infiltrate the churches. Folks, did you know that they were planning to infiltrate the board of every church in America? The communists did this, right? So they understand right away that the church is where the Judeo-Christian ethics source comes from. This is why we've been the most successful nation on the planet. So as we move forward, this infiltration of the church has asked, you know, hey, look, they're they're doing anything. We have tons of pastors, guys, that are absolutely charlatans. There's no other way to say it, right? And of course, guess what? That was going on in Jesus' day as well. But even think about COVID. They actually used the pro-life movement, Okay, they use their little, you know, signature words, if you will, to use them to say that you have to get vaccinated. Because if you if you don't get vaccinated, Wait, you're not pro- What happened
0: to my body, my choice? Right. I mean, is it how can you say that when, you know, if you can say my body, my choice, but you're gonna try and force it that was the same group trying, a lot of them, right, trying to force people to take the vaccine. It's the same exact thing though. It's right, oppressing.
2: Well we can't <laughs> the leave out we or what can't, you
0: believe to be the oppressor.
2: Yeah. We, we can't leave out sex. I mean, you just look. It doesn't matter what kind, place, when, where, how, they have decided that everything is an absolute free for all. And everything that that the homosexuals were saying that they were born this way would be later something that the rapists, right? The the murderers pedophiles. and the pedophiles yeah. would say. And they're actually making really Really, major ground. I, I shared on one of the podcasts how some articles from the New York Times and stuff were literally justifying and and talking about um, the the feelings, the horrible things that these you, these 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 pedophiles. Well,
0: hey, I need to apologize. It's minor attracted persons.
2: <laughs> right,
0: they're not pedophiles. They're minor attracted persons. They can't help it.
2: Right. So this is why I'm telling you. You know, Kidding. when you get down to this, it's all about. What? The government playing God. And what was the signature temptation of Satan? If you take this, what? You'll be like what? God. So you see, this is...
1: That's the temptation going on right now with the whole world. All these people think that they are God. What is the old saying, Kev? It's either thy will be done or my will be done.
2: And you think about the rotunda of the Capitol. What's happening in that painting? It's the apotheosis of Washington. It's when Washington becomes a god. So this is what they've set out there. But it you see how this is also an attack on Christ because Christ, you know, when you look at Jesus, you start to realize that he is the crux of the real matter because he is the one who is our savior. He's the only one who delivers us from what we really are oppressed by. So this is John 3:20. It says everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light or fear that their deeds will be ex- exposed. And so this is why they are so against. I mean, you think about the Ten Commandments, right? You think about the, the tenets of the Christian faith. This is why they're so against what we're doing, because this is the light of the gospel. This is what we stand for, right? That the kingdom of God is not a kingdom of darkness, right? He has rules, just like your father had rules in his house, and I have rules for mine. So our father, has rules for his house. This is the way that his family treats each other. We don't, we don't do these things, right? Because when we do, the family of God is hurt and damaged. And so this is why, you know, you gotta wrap your head and see that this is a complete assault on our faith and upon the, really the, the identity of who Jesus Christ is. Um, I'm gonna bring it up. <laughs> uh uh-uh. So we love capitalism. But the bottom line is even capitalism, you know, when I think about Revelations 1823, where it tells us that Mystery Babylon, which is this group of mysterious people or mysterious religions, are the really the ones who bring in the New World Order. And one of the words that it uses there is the idea of wealthy international merchants. Now, if you look in biblical times, believe it or not, your Bible really teaches against usury, which is interest rates, which is I'm sorry, guys,
1: bankers. Well, the Jews were not allowed to charge interest That's right. to, to their to their brothers. And
2: more importantly, they understood a situation where a one generation might get in trouble and they have to sell what they have, right? But on a jubilee year, it always reverted. Every 50 years, it would revert back to their original owner so that no family could lose, ultimately lose, their total inheritance in, in the kingdom of God. Now that is not socialism, but it's not capitalism either, right? So when you start to think about this, some of these things, we do need to remember that if you're an American, Americans do, we can say they, they have they should have an inheritance in this country. So these are some ideas I'll throw out there, but the other thing is that there's never been a sincere national repentance for the sins of our fathers. And I think that that could really go a long way. Now I did blindside these guys with this, this no, wait, I have capitalism a, I,
1: I, thing. Well, hold on a second. You brought that up, and you're bringing up a, um, a Jewish principle, right, of usury and, mm-hmm. and jubilee. Um, Israel was not a capitalistic society. They That's right. They were a theocracy. Yep. So they had that. And they and so forth. We we're not the same as Israel.
2: No doubt, but that is how they
3: kept that from happening. Well, let's 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 go with that. I'm, I'm going to go and break. They were they were a theocratic society, right? Until they decided they wanted to be like the other nations,
1: and they got in trouble. First right?
3: Samuel chapter eight. They wanted to be like the other nations. Mm-hmm. They wanted a king mm-hmm. to rule over them. And God spoke this to Moses, and we can read of it in the book of Deuteronomy. God says, the day is coming when they will reject me from being king over them. But then he gave specific instructions how the king was supposed to be, whoever it was that they appointed. And one of the things he brought out was, well, two of the things. Number one, he said they were not to go and gather horses from Egypt, something that Solomon did. He also said that they were to keep his law. And we know a number of them did not. And so you saw the, what you can see. And I'm going there to say you see the danger that comes to a nation, whether it be Jewish or Gentile, that forgets God. Because when, when those kings operated contrary to what God said, it brought great oppression on the people. It brought great oppression on the people. So they were for a season, then they became a monarchy. They mm-hmm. had, you had the Davidic line, and then in the Northern Kingdom you had, you had different ones that uh, came about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my point with
2: all that was not to say that, that capitalism has some problems. And one of those problems, if you understand basic principles of usury, you understand that at a 10% interest rate, you could own everything in 10 years. And so this is the situation we all understand. When America was founded, immediately they had to start to file these antitrust type things, right? To to keep companies from being able to control something called monopoly. And what happens at the end of every monopoly game? One person wins when yeah. some, somebody controls all the money. That's right. And so, so I'm just bringing up that capitalism is a good system, and it does allow people to reap what they sow but it also allows people that have an incredible amount of money that we all know that they have to be able to manipulate and control. Like very few people own all of the media in our country, right? And so this allows them to control what people know, right? So I'm just pointing out that while we we love our country and national pride and and the Judeo-Christian ethic is what founded this country, so we shouldn't be apologetic about loving our country because it was founded on God. But at the same time, capitalism has some problems, right? And so as Christians, we can talk about these problems, right? We, we are not to be completely unsympathetic to the plight of what's happening in the world, right? We, we, we don't want to do that. Jesus is the one who's put down the gauntlet, come unto me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that means everybody, that's the oppression. And that's what something the church, you'll see that they did share things, right? we have if, if the if the rich people in america began to share not just money but their their experience right their their repentance even we would see this the spirit of, of god come in and heal these wounds that have that have separated our country but you know when you think about it god's way romans 12 17 21 do not repay anyone evil for evil and then later it says vengeance is mine says the lord so, wokeism and the social justice is wrong. Only God can, can give us that. And then there's another one, Luke 17 1. It says, offenses will come. Guys, if, if you're going to live life, you're going to get offended. But then, listen to what it says, but woe unto them that cause the offense, right? And so, this is this, we can't let this offense divide and conquer us. And, and then, this is part of why we. We can't judge our neighbor. And you can see now we're we're judging somebody on the most ridiculous of all things. If you think about MLK, what did he say? Why did everybody be, why were they able to buy into what he was saying? He says because he wanted to imagine a day where the man was judged by the content of his character, Mm. not the color of his skin. Now, that means that everything MLK said there is... Consistent with the the, the the gospel, but it's completely the opposite of wokeism. They're destroying his legacy by what they're putting out there, and that's why we're we're seeing this is really an attack on Christianity, and who who Jesus really is, whether he really is the savior. Because now they get to kind of categorize him and put him in a little box.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the church should church never be taking any of this up, but this is not just an attack on the church. It's also designed to take down our society. Yep. They are trying to dismantle the United States of America. They, do no, they no longer want to abide by the Constitution. They, we have an administrative state that runs this country. Um, Joe Biden, we know, is not running this country. Poor guy has a hard time running himself. And then, um, and you have, you know, it's, it, it, and then wondering if someone like Donald Trump and I'm, is going to come in and save this country. You we know, we're, it's almost that's, like we're doing what, that's another false God. I know, exactly. Yeah. It's like we're doing what the Jews did. You know, you want a king that's going to save them. That's right. You know Moses, so,
2: uh, you go talk to God, but let not us talk to right, God lest we die. Right, right.
3: right. So well, not um, not that one. I'm sorry, not that one. But
2: once again, <laughs> you going a, back, you to, going, one going
0: goal,
3: back to First Samuel eight, what you're saying is yeah. so, what you're saying. Is so First Samuel eight, they could not go. Right. They and and what they said had they gone, they would have died. Mm. Okay, but uh, because you got to remember, they kept rising up against Moses. <laughs> they would rise yep. up against <laughs> him. And they ask him
1: to free him, and then they rise up.
3: But First Samuel eight, yeah, they wanted to be like the other nations. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, well, my point being is that they that's what they're trying to do is to, to dismantle this country, to take it down. They're doing it with the wokeism. They're doing it with what they're teaching in the school. They're doing it with the open borders. We are, I mean, if what's another way of saying that? It's almost like our government is at war with the people. It's almost that way. Well, they
2: have to also—this is tied to taking away the supernatural worldview of the Bible, that God can and does do miracles. And that means when they do that, they also destroy the divinity of Christ, right? And that's another big part of what they're trying to do. But just like Colossians 1.20 says, "...and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross." This is what brings everything and everyone together and that is the central message and it's based upon the identity the supernatural divine nature of God and that that is the only way that you can really explain the early church and how this faith has lasted for 2000 years against dramatic persecution we talked about how much persecution there is in other countries and how you know people are really I mean they're having visions angels are showing up people literally writing down a whole gospel, you know, recited based upon what some dictation, some angels that are giving them. So, you know, then you parallel this to to what Dr. Dozier has referred to, that when a nation forgets God, and we have this this vision right there with John Winthrop, he talks about how, you know, if we deal falsely, that we will become a story and a byword, right? And so there's this great blessing that, that was bestowed to us you know, because of God, but then also as we've forgotten God, that we, we could become the second part of that. And that story and the byword, and that's really what ultimately happened in, in ancient Israel, that they forgot God and then they were judged for it. And that's why America is ripe for judgment. And that's why we're falling into these false messiahs and false, you know, religions, really.
1: Well, isn't that part of the judgment cow? I mean, we talked about judgment last year when we were talking about Romans 1. You know, part of when when Paul's going through and des- and and describing the judgment of God, one of the indicators of the judgment of God is the ter- is the suppression of the truth, and the acceptance of homosexual behavior. We saw that happened in Rome. It happened in Greece. It's happening here, in in America. Um, the church. We talked about this the other night when we were at the dinner, right? If my people, who are called by na- by my name, humble themselves. Mm-hmm. Right, and pray and pray, and what God will heal our land. Well, He's talking if my people that's that's the body of Christ in America. If we're going to see anything turn around in America, instead of being separated, like you're just pointing out today with with the wokeism and how it's separating the church, we need to be united and we need a revival of, of the spirit of God in the church, in the body of Christ, in order to have. Any impact upon our society? Uh, who is the founder of Pennsylvania? Of Pennsylvania? <laughs> when you give me, I don't know who. He knows.
3: This he's rhetorical th- question. William Penn, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, yeah, well, that makes <laughs> sense, <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying this for a reason. I was looking at this, and I was looking at the background of William Penn. Of course, he's been dead for well over 200 some years. But I was looking at the background of William Penn. William Penn was Quaker. William Penn had been persecuted. William mm-hmm. William Penn mm-hmm. uh, appeared to be a very, very good godly man. I heard something yesterday. Uh, uh, should I say I saw something going across the ticker. Oh,
1: really?
3: That there was a move to remove the National Park Service. were going to remove a statue of William Penn. I wonder why. For inclusivity. Hmm. Well... I was just looking that up, and this is from 13 hours ago. National Park Service withdrew its plan to remove a statue of William Penn from a Philadelphia park after it drew fire uh, after it drew fire from state GOP leaders who criticized it as an attempt to cancel the founder of the colony mm-hmm. that would become Pennsylvania. But my question was, why did you need to remove William Penn for inclusivity? And I am beginning to ask the question, okay, is now your move, you, you've you moved in this area, you moved in that area, you've done the thing with, with as you would say, race and all. Mm-hmm. Are you now saying that you have the people right where you want them, so now you can begin to move on Christianity? Oh, yeah. Because at first it was all about Confederate statues, right,
1: and mm-hmm. changing
3: the name of military bases because that was were, slave, were slavery, right, that were named right, right. after. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't have a problem. Even I was, used, I didn't have a problem with them name changing the names of military bases from Confederate generals. And the reason I said the reason I said I have a problem because that was a real insurrection. Right. You right. parted from the nation. I didn't have a problem with that. Okay, but then you started moving in all directions. You saw a statue of King coming down. Uh, the, uh, the uh, as you would call it then, because the names changed so much, the Negro Regiment uh, that fought during the Civil War. It was a, a monument that was donated by some freedmen. You wanted to remove that. So the whole thing is to tear down the, and, and I'm going back off what you're saying, to tear down the entire uh, history of this nation. Uh, every You want to leave everything that's bad and act as though it still exists today.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And everything that may have been good, you want to remove it. But in order to do it, you have to first put up an illusion like you wanted to do that which was right. And once we get the people, once we get them in this area, now we can just start taking down everything. And then you create a whole new history that never existed mm. a pseudo history
1: yeah.
3: and 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 people need to see this because you get a generation that comes up uh you get a generation that comes up and you you're teaching these people things and they're going to believe what you say mm-hmm. and what I like to do is okay they like to use ad hominem they like to attack individuals mm-hmm. i like to reverse it and i like to bring out everything that you say from what I'm seeing, and you would be those who oppose this nation moving further and getting better. Everything that you say is what you practice. For example, when you hear something being used over and over and over and over again by a group, most likely what Democracy. you're doing is what, what you're doing at that particular time. You're trying to shield something that you are doing. And we kept hearing a, a word that really you just should not lo- use loosely, and now we use so loosely until it doesn't have a lot of meaning to it. But they will use Nazi, 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 Hitler, 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 Hitler. Mm-hmm. You you go to Germany and you dare not throw words like that around.
1: Well, they're using
3: that pretty often. But over here is constantly being slammed. Bam, 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 Trump bam, 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 bam. Trump is Hitler. Constantly being slammed. Mm-hmm. And but then if anyone has any knowledge of history, mm-hmm. you will find that. The things that they are saying is what they are practicing. Mm -hmm. It is what they are bringing in. You might not have crystal knock. You might not have uh, the night of uh, broken glass. You might not have the night of the long knives Mm -hmm. because you can't just go around killing. Well, I I don't know. We did kind of like have something in semblance to. Ah, uh, crystal, knot when mm-hmm. they were going around burning up buildings and tearing things up, and people died. Yep. But look at who really does these things, and then you're taking these people with these kangaroo courts, and you 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 you're, you're putting people on trial. You have people with no charges, and you're holding them, okay. But yet you have people who destroy things, and you raise go, money to bail charge. them,
1: or or you don't charge the people there who're stealing, right? And, right. and now everything's got to be locked up when you go to a CBS. Right. In New York or, or as interest, you're, you're absolutely right. The, the, the words that are being used are like democracy. How many times do I have to hear it's a democracy? It is not. No. But they want it to be because what is a democracy? Mob rule. We are a representative republic. republic. It's a big difference. Yes, is it a form of democratic government? Absolutely. But it's not a democracy. But they've torn that down. They've taken away state rights. They've taken away the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the First Amendment. They're going after the whole Constitution. Mm-hmm. One, I just wanted to bring something up because you mentioned it a couple times when you were talking about the Judeo-Christian ethic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I heard something last week, and I had to go back, go and and look something up. But did you know the first use of that word, that term, Judeo-Christian ethic, was apparently by a German philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche, and his 19 mm-hmm. in his 1888 book, The Antichrist, Curse on Christianity. The early uses of this term, and he was not a Christian, by the way, no. term Ju- Judeo-Christian ethic referred to the Jewish roots and identity of the early Christian church, but it wasn't used to speak of a common set of morals until much later. In 1952, President-elect Dwight Eisenhower used the phrase. Mm. He's the one who brought it in. Mm. Um, I heard that, and then I said I had to go look that up because that is something that's thrown around mm-hmm. when we know, when we go back to the beginning of this country, and you and I have had this discussion, and you just brought it up earlier about the, the capital. Well, what about the, the, um, the monument? What's that, Kev? right. And it's what an about, and what it's an obelisk? <laughs> and what about how Washington D.C. is set up as mm-hmm. a as a pentagram, isn't it? Yes, mm-hmm. and, and, and an incomplete and, and one. An incomplete one, and is which is not? even
2: worse than having a real.
1: And who were much of the founders? Were were they not Masons? They were
2: absolutely okay.
1: and Deists.
2: And so this is the situation: we we're always going to have the sheep and the goats until God comes back. But let me tell you, there's plenty of goats here in America, and they've had money and power and influence, and they've told us what they're going to do. I mean, there's, there's no way to go on this. You know, as we bring these woke things up, you know, the hardest thing for me is we have the two people groups. We have the perpetrators, which are absolutely evil. How do we stand up to them? Show no quarter. Do you see what I'm saying? How do we speak truth, Right. And at the same time, we have the, the people that they have seduced into these, these lies, and that's what this podcast is about. It's about you know showing compassion as well, because we want people to understand that Jesus is the one who has called them. Come unto me, you that labor and are heavy laden. We do not want to stop putting out that Jesus is the only time they're ever going to be, you know stop this oppression that lives in their lives. And I can say that because he is the only thing that keeps me from feeling oppressed. And so this is the conversation. We we got to start having these conversations. And if somebody says something that's different, you can say, well, we can agree to disagree, but know that I what? I'm only having this conversation because I, I do care about you, right? And so, you know, if you get into a relationship with people, you can start to understand them. And one of the, the things that a, a couple of these things were in Lucas's book, Lucas Miles, the, the woke Jesus, he talked about asking if you can get to a relationship level, you know, what was going on with you at that time? What, what was the start? What was What started you having these feelings, right? And what comes out is that these people are isolated. Now, isn't it interesting that fellowship is what's missing in the church? Mm-hmm. These people are isolated. They spend three, four hours a day on average, with social media, Ugh. this is where this is where we already know that this is linked to these these additional suicides, right? And, and so this is the this is the this is what the world solution is. This is the media. This is what they're doing to people. And so again, you know, if you are going to a church that is not that's compromising, folks, you need to consider. You need to go somewhere else. You need to be looking at what what are they teaching your children? What's what kind of school curriculum do you have, right? You need to be supporting. You know. Whichever party you support, you should be at least talking to the people you support about the policies they're putting in, whether or not that they're going to be something that is godly or not. Right. So you know we need to be serving. When when we serve these people groups, we have a chance to help. Right. And that's what Jesus did. That's the washing of the feet, if you will. Right. We can't we can't lie. We have to speak the truth in love. We we can't go along with what's being put out there at this point. You know, and and I get angry, and I, I will admit that. And but the Bible says, don't let your son go down on your wrath. At the end of the day, you know, and when he, you know, I you can tell I'm worked up today, um, and I'm feeling it. But somewhere today, I have to give this back to God, and wake up tomorrow and say, what part do you want? What do you want me to actually do today? You know, and and that's where. His relational side, his loving side comes in and gives me peace. But your only chance of reaching these people is to have a connection with them, right? You're not probably very likely to preach them into submission. So, you know, we, we have to help people embrace reality. And there is only one reality. There is God. And everything else is a, is, a, is an extension of that, and the reality that we find ourselves in, you know, is part of His permissive will, and it is something that He has overcome the world through what He did on the cross. So that's you know my little mantra for how do we reach some of these people groups, and I think that's a way that you can share things quickly with them to let them know I have a different faith.
0: Right. right. Well. Dr. D did, we talked about this before I and mean, way back when and the, wasn't you I think it was you that said the only way to really change people's minds is to appeal to their their emotional side because that's what's ruling a lot of this stuff right was it you that said that that was talking about that's the only hope you can have to change someone's mind
3: well a person's i don't i don't i don't know exactly if if i said that but i did mention that well we can give people knowledge but the thing is if they're not motivated to move on that, it, it does no good, okay? I can have something, I can know something and say, yeah, that's true, but yet I have no motivation. And so there are some people who are motivated and then when they come into an understanding it changes change things. And then there are other people uh, who may have knowledge and they're not motivated, so you have to know who you're dealing with and how to deal with it with them. Some people may need to be motivated to move on that knowledge. And then some people uh, uh, may need to have knowledge
1: Mm
3: -hmm. uh, to go along with that motivation. But it's going to take, really it's going to take the spirit of God drawing them. mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this is, our part comes in where we we have to teach the word Mm -hmm. and they have to know it. They have to come to understand it. They have to learn it. Mm -hmm. And and Jesus said this, we find that in, um, in the gospel, uh, where Jesus says, uh, "No man comes uh, to me except he's been drawn by my Father," right. and then He says, "How that happens?" says, "When everyone is taught of Me and He's learned of Me, then My Father draws Him." And so we have a part when people sit back and just say, well, "We're going to pray that they get an understanding." How are they going to get it if we don't get them? Give it to them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Paul okay. about that too. So that's so very, very important. And then when you go to Uh, as we would say, what's now called the woke church. And you look at woke Jesus, which is no true Jesus at all. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: They're receiving uh, knowledge that leads to death, Mm -hmm. plain and simply put. Because Mm -hmm. it it takes away, it takes away from God and it it goes to more so, uh, I don't even see how you could bring that in if you had an understanding of these critical theories. Because critical theories are really pushed by people who are more so of an atheist mindset. And so I don't see how you allowed yourself to be brought in there, except that uh, the push was like, okay, well, we can see they have a point, so what we can do is we can integrate this uh that is what you call an adulterated word
1: that's right well mm-hmm. the devil's very subtle yeah. you yep. cannot do that Devil, he's very subtle mm-hmm. and then he and it's crept into the church mm-hmm. go back and read the yeah. the one the one chapter book of jude i think that explains it
2: well jesus is the way the truth and the light mm-hmm. and and the bible is very clear that that my people do perish for lack of knowledge. So as we wrap up this episode here, I want you guys to to, to dive into a few quick ways that you can see that wokeism is completely incompatible with our faith. But before we do that, I want Dr. Dozier, he had a little idea about talking about the difference between biblical justice and of course, this
3: social justice. What we're looking at now when when it comes to uh, social justice is. I just want to use simple terminology because all of you can go to, uh, you can go to a book, you can go to Wikipedia and whatever they put honestly in there, you can look at that, or, and so you can you can get a definition of social justice from there. But uh, really, when we look at it, it really discriminates. Yep, it, it discriminates, uh, and it's as though there is justice that's due to a certain uh, ethnicity, a group of ethnic people. And I want people to know this is not just black people. So for those of you who are like myself, black, don't think all of this is for you. It's not just for black people. There is a modus operandi behind mm-hmm. this whole thing. But it is as though Caucasians uh, have no justice for themselves at all because they caused all of this. They perpetrated all of this. like they, Never been through anything, but the world is not all based on a United States of America, a country that's been around for 250 so many years. View. Okay. So I want to go from social justice to biblical justice. And in Micah, uh, something is written, and God gives this to the prophets, is He has showed thee oh man, he has showed thee. In other words, what he has done is he has manifested to you what is good. Now, your Hebrew word is for good is the word tobe. And that means what is beneficial, what is great for you. He has shown you what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee? Here's mm, biblical justice. Mm, mm, mm. But to do justly. But to do justly. Mm. And what that is saying is when you come to a verdict for a crime or whatever it may be, you do not be a respective person, mm, but yeah. you judge with righteous judgment and to love mercy. Mm. So even in, in, in those cases, there need to be kindness and there need to be compassion, not just to some people, but to all people and to walk humbly with thy God. Mm. And there is no way that you can exercise biblical justice outside of humility. So I would like to say, what you see in here is God is saying, remain humble before him. He's saying through the prophet, remain humble before him, and you would do things the right way when it comes to justice.
2: Mm. Well, and you can see there's our first two points of why CRT, critical race theory, wokeism is completely incompatible. There is no humility. There is no respecter of persons. And that's the way that God says we're supposed to, 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 to react. You know, the bottom line is all the world religions.
0: Well, there's no mercy. There's no mercy,
2: right? And, And so all the world religions and evolution all agree there's no such thing as races. All the human beings that are here came from one man and woman. And the Soon. colors that we see were manifested in their DNA, and they were brought out during whatever circumstances that brought them out.
0: Intelligent design, right? That's if right. you're in a climate that the sun is out more, you need darker skin to protect your skin.
2: So we can reject racism ridiculous. because there's no yeah. such thing. There's no such thing, and they can't base a whole critical race theory, a communist theory. The next core tenet of CRT wokeism really is oppression. Yep. Right. Whether yeah. it's LGBTQ, the, the bottom line is the Bible says that we are oppressed by sin. That's what we're oppressed by. Whether it's the oppressor or the oppressed, we're all still oppressed by sin. That Jesus Christ is the only solution for that. That coming to back into being a child of God is what fixes all of these other things. You know.
0: Right, it also violates the golden rule, do unto others as you would have done to you. Right. So what happens in social justice is we then invert that and we then start to oppress, right, do the same things to who we perceive as the oppressor. We switch it around. It's the same cycle. I think we mentioned that last time. It just goes over and over. There's no end that way either. There's no there's no mercy. Right. There's no justification at that point, because that's what they hope to do is to turn it back on who they perceive to be the oppressor.
2: Well, Dr. Dennis had to leave early, so now we get to trash talk him and (laughs) monopolize the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, you can see it's really, you know, the ends justifies the means. This is overcoming evil with evil. It's Mm -hmm. not overcoming evil with good. And that's what the Bible says. To bless those that curse you, right? And and honestly, this is this is the makings of genocide, because you cannot fix this situation that they really, really brought up. As Dr. Dozier said, this is a man theory. This is man being man. This is the kingdoms of the world becoming God, the governments of the world becoming God. And that's completely incompatible with, with God being God. We have to trust God. Trust God, don't trust our government, right? Um, how about the Ten Commandments? <laughs> you know, your government can steal from you. Yeah, that definitely right? breaks
0: the, yeah, thou shall yeah, not steal, right? It right, if you're stealing from one ten person, commandments, for sure.
2: respecting them differently, right, then then that's, that's not exactly. And then how about this? How about covetousness, right? Yeah. Covet not what your neighbor has, nor his house, nor his wife, nor any of these things. Isn't all of this social justice based upon absolute jealousy? How are these not breaking the Ten Commandments? Do you see what I'm saying? And that's where, you know, you can see where some of this stuff goes.
0: Also, I, I just have to point out the madness in all of this. I wouldn't I wouldn't go to someplace like Korea, right? And say, I turn on the TV and I see only Koreans. Well, they're obviously racist because there's no other races on their television show. I wouldn't go to Finland and be like, why do I only see white blind people on their shows, right? This is because that's what the population is. America is a melting pot. Like, sure. I mean, I will agree that at some points, it, it there was some injustices being done. However, it's come a long way and it's, it's a long time since then we have righted those wrongs. But I don't go to another country and say, because I walk into your country and I don't see what I perceive to be someone like me, then you therefore are racist. That's just a ridiculous statement and... I just want to point out, like, if you were to do that, wouldn't somebody point out to you, that's ridiculous? It is. Like, like I don't know. It, it's just a blindness. It's a blindness to seeing only what you perceive to be the truth. Once you've settled your mind, that's the truth.
3: I want to say something about this uh, social ju- social justice movement in America. Uh, I know Barack Obama was mentioned earlier, and I am I am in no wise an apologist for Barack Obama. But there was a man that was born in 1909, and I believe he died around 1972. His name was Saul Alinsky. Mm. Saul Alinsky was not a black man, uh, nor was he considered Caucasian, but he was Russian Jewish. Saul Alinsky is the person who started this movie. He lived in Chicago, and he was a community activist. And what he did is he... He started a lot of these things as a struggle for social justice, and he really had a modus operandi. Uh, there's I can't think of it now, but if I, I do have it at home, and uh, uh, I believe it was Trevor Loudon who produced it, but well, I have a video, and there's some things uh, with him, some statements that he made, but it showed how he gathered people to start this, and he wanted to be a revolutionist. He wanted to change America to a communist country. Uh, A lot of people got behind him. He went into the black communities, and that's where he did a lot of his push, because at that time, uh, black people were heavily oppressed, and he could move on their emotions to really accomplish the purposes that he wanted to accomplish. He wrote a book entitled Rules for Radicals. And in case you think I'm making it up, you can go into a bookstore if you can find it and you can look in it or you can buy one or you can order it. But this book that he wrote, Rules for Radicals, he dedicated his book to Lucifer. Mm, He said that Lucifer was the first first Mm. radical. Yep. And he said, if there is such a place, I'm paraphrasing him, he said he would want to go to hell Mm. because there he would start something this is the person who wow. started these things you look s-a-u-l-a-l-i-n-s-k-y Saul Alinsky and you really need to read you need to recall Mark's book Communist Manifesto the original pamphlet is only 23 pages you need to look in these things to see the mindsets of these individuals mm. and they knew how to they knew how to take advantage, let's just, they knew how to exploit people who were going through something, some type of oppression. And, and one of the things that they were good at creating in these people was anger. Yep. And this in, in, in turn, if it's not dealt with, it will turn to hatred. That's right. And, and now you had I mentioned earlier, you had Columbia University. Look at Columbia University now. This is where they brought all this communist teaching in to the United States of America. And so now you get a group of individuals who have never went through much of anything. And some people feel guilty for having a good life when there are other people striving to have a good life. I don't need to feel guilty because I'm having a good life and someone else is striving. As Dr. Cruz brought up earlier, then what I can do is I can do good. I can help someone to That's get right. up. That's right. I, I don't need to take from someone to give to someone because I really did not help them get up. I I, I helped them to learn how to, uh, as we say, have a entitlement mentality. That's right. What you have belongs to me. But if I can show you how to be successful and earn of yourself, then you can feel good about yourself. The word of God even says there's much to be had in oil in the dwelling of the wise, but Mm. a fool squanders it all. Mm. And then it tells us about good counsel and wisdom. And so if we have people giving us good counsel and and wisdom, you can succeed. I see people coming of all different ethnicities coming into this nation, becoming successful. People darker than I am. I'm not a real dark man. I'm a brown-skinned man. But darker than I am. (laughs) Don't speak English as good as I do. Coming Mm. in this country and they're being successful. And don't say, oh, yeah, well, they give them. No, some of these people, they didn't give them anything. Mm. They didn't give them anything but a visa or eventually Mm. citizenship. And these people making it, they're successful. You can do it. But if you let somebody feed you a lie, that it cannot happen. And you begin to believe that lie, you will never be motivated enough to try and get it to happen. People like Saul Alinsky did things like that.
2: Yep. Well, and you can see you're bringing up the the other two points I want to bring is that the, the, the breaks, the law of responsibility. One generation is not responsible for the sins of their fathers and their mothers. Now they should acknowledge and they should repent for them. But the bottom line is when the government is God and is going to steal from some people because other people are jealous of them, right? The Bible says that every man should reap what he sows. So if you're going to come in and give people something so that they reap something that they didn't sow, then you are breaking that law of responsibility, right? When you take from somebody that did sow something and you take that away from them, you're also breaking the law of responsibility. And this is the way that life is supposed to work that the Bible says that this is what sets up, and this is why communism directly interferes. It plays God, right? Well, on the flip side, let's just get to the real lie, the lie of privilege. I am telling you, it is the most ridiculous thing for a Christian to accept that the color of your skin, okay, that somehow beauty, wealth, riches, fame, Okay, you just name it. I have a great talent. Somehow that this makes you a happy person or has peace, because that's what these people don't have, right? This audience that they're trying to reach are the people that don't have any peace. And see, they are filling them with what? A false god, a false idol, so that they run after it, only to find out that when they get all the money of their neighbor... They will be as miserable as they were before because there is no strength, there is no peace, there is no love, there is no kindness, there is no mercy in the false gods of America that put all this stuff out. It is watching television every day that makes us think, oh, these are the people we want to be like. No, be like Jesus. That's who we need to be like. Okay, and you think about the LGBTQ, this is why. They watch television, they see the media, they think, I cannot compete with this. Why, if I just had this, worldly, false gospel, false messiah, I would be happy. And that's why these false religions that are taking away the power and principality of Jesus Christ himself to heal a new generation. And that is what's going on in the world, and this is why Christians absolutely need to stand up because just like before, just like with LGBTQ, all the religions of the world believe that what? You're not born in the wrong body. And guess what? Evolutionists agree. There's no such thing as an immaterial entity being born in the wrong body. So this is a religious religion that's coming at us as Christians that compromises and is completely incompatible with our faith and that's why i've been stewing on this because we we're just looking around going how can this be happening how can christians be compromising their faith so that's probably the end of it uh how are you guys ready to
0: no, we're good yeah
2: they were looking at their phones no, Sorry. <laughs> no dr dennis- dozier's got a note for us here <laughs> but um dennis had to run out and uh, god bless you guys and uh any last words from anybody else Well, Dr. Dozier, you're telling me about something that was on your heart this weekend that you spoke to your church. I did. Yes, you did. You're telling us about how um, that it was related to this about standing for Christ and and speaking up
3: during these difficult times. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm in trouble now. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I should say anything on the air because I might. That's how some pastors are. Yes, you should say (laughs) something on the air. I was like,
0: hey, what? Uh, what are you talking
2: about? He dated
0: us. You know, <laughs> totally.
3: we are beyond that time. And I, I was sharing uh, Sunday, It was I, I usually do it as words of wisdom. And uh, I went into the area about politics. And I made it very clear, and, and you all know, if you're listeners, you'll know now. Uh, I don't have a party. I don't have a party, Democrat nor Republican. I don't have a party. I'm non party affiliated but I would not vote for anything that is contrary to what God has laid out in his will. Same sex marriage, abortion, all of those Amen. particular issues. I, I just can't one of them. And and, and it's done. And, and it doesn't matter who you are with. If you support those things, I'm not going to be a supporter of you because I'm standing behind that. But what I shared with them was that, uh, You have some churches, and if anything is said uh, with the word politics in it, people get worked up. We need to stay away from it. We need to stay away from that. First and foremost, people don't, uh, many people don't even know what the word means. Uh, If you look at the Greek word for uh, citizens, it's the word polis, a polis. And and, and when you look at that, when you look at politics, what you have is a representation of the people. And if you don't want to talk about it, then why even vote? But here, here is the thing. You think that this, people think that this is something that's separate from God. But when we decide that we're not, I'm not talking about just the vote. I'm talking about your voice. When we decide that we're not going to say anything, then what we allow, what we're doing is we're saying we're allowing what come, what whatever comes, let it come. And so I took them back and I just began to name kings. I said kings, monarchs, uh uh, uh, you, uh, prime ministers, whatever. All of these individuals, governors, these are political leaders. These are political people. When you look at Israel, and then later you had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, Judah and Israel, the northern kingdom, you had kings. Each, each of those kingdoms had kings. The kings would be the political leaders. David was a godly man that was a political leader. Okay. Now, what God did is he would have the prophets speak to these individuals concerning God's will. And if these individuals did not take heed, the consequences were bad. As a matter of fact, the last king of the northern kingdom, of the southern kingdom, uh, Judah, uh, Zedekiah, because he would not listen to the prophets. There was a prophetic word spoken concerning him. One of the prophets, it was Ezekiel and Jeremiah, one said, you will not see Babylon. The other one said, you're going to Babylon. It sounds like we have a contradiction, but we, did not, we do not have a contradiction. Once Nebuchadnezzar defeated them, uh, the last thing that Zedekiah would see was his sons being murdered by the Babylonians. Then they plucked, burned his eyes out of his head. So he went to Babylon in chains, but he never saw it because he was blind when he went there. Now, you saying, what does this have to do with anything? He would not listen to the spiritual leaders as far as what God was saying. Here in in what we have today, and we had in the 20th century, spiritual leaders feel real good. Some spiritual leaders feel real good. When you get a chance, when I say spiritual, I'm speaking of those who follow Christ. Let me make this clear. Um, You feel good when you can go and take a picture with somebody because now you can hang it up in your foyer, you can hang it up in your office, you got a picture and you're smiling on the picture. Mm. And they tell you what they think about you and you feel good.
0: <laughs>
3: Instead of you being like John the Baptist, knowing that your life could even be at risk. Uh, Jeremiah, knowing that your life could even be at risk. Or Ezekiel, where you're away with the captives because you didn't listen, because they didn't listen. You're not saying what does say it the Lord to these individuals. And and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And when the church gets upset with its leaders, when they want to do that and people begin to walk away, you don't have a good biblical understanding. So I want to say to pastors, you need to start teaching your people that you don't have to get up there and have campaign runs. I don't allow politicians to come and and stand in the the pulpit and bring out why you should vote for me. Okay, we we can get enough of that anyway. I don't allow that because if I allow one, I allow the other, and I just may not agree with your premise. So- But as leaders, we need to know that our voices need to be heard. We need to know and we need to know that God's voice need to be heard. And if we're hearing from God and God gives us a word for the nation, we need to take it to the head of the nation. Paul was driven to go and speak to Caesar. He didn't want want to have a sculpture made. He wanted to tell Caesar about the true and living Lord. Mm. And that is the way we need to be. And churches, stop fighting your pastors if you have a pastor who's willing to do that. Mm. Amen, mm.
2: amen. Well, you know, the, the real bottom line here, guys, is that we're doing this because we want to wake you up and and allow you to see that you have a portion in your father's kingdom. He loves you. He has destined you to be a part of his kingdom and not something that's only passive, right? And so the reality is people say, "Oh, Kevin, you're you're talking about you know, an insurrection or you know, some kind of, you know, other kind of movement that's just as bad as theirs, right? Folks, I'm talking about using your voice. I'm talking about sharing biblical truths with people. And I am I don't I don't see why if these things are important, why you wouldn't vote. Mm. And the, voting, we have the greatest system in the world. You're just, we're, it's voting that you can use your voice. But knowing who you're voting for and how they stand on these issues is between you and God. But you are voting or you have the opportunity to vote and, and that is something that God, if the Christians in the world voted today in America, America would be different place, right? But what we have now is just exactly what people say, that evil happens in the world when good people do nothing. nothing. So God bless you guys, and you had a long one today. And uh, God bless you. Dr. Dozier, you want to pray us out?
3: Father, we bless you. We thank you. We honor you in the name of Jesus for your goodness and your mercy. Uh, Lord, we're just grateful that you're giving us this opportunity to speak to your people and those who will eventually become your people as they trust and rely upon you. And I pray, Lord, that the things that we've said today are pleasing in your sight. I just ask, Lord, for your mercies upon the believers in this nation. I even ask for your mercies upon this nation that many more will come to know you in the pardon of their sins as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, I just pray that there is a boldness that will come in the Christian leaders, the church leaders around this nation, and that those who have gone to this woke ideology, that they will repent and that they will return to your word so that you might be glorified. And we do
1: honor you and give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey folks, this is Dennis O'Hara. Who am I? I'm a supernatural junkie. And what do I like to take? Pro-tandem. Why? Because Protandem has been proven to increase glutathione in your body. And glutathione, folks, is the strongest antioxidant your body has. So if you want strong antioxidant power in your body, I suggest you get on Protandem.
0: So this is Alex. I'm here with Dr. Dennis, and we just wanted to talk about something we've both been taking. I shared my experience previously, but we need to hear from Doc. So tell me, you've been taking something?
1: I've been taking protanum And? And it's definitely boosted my energy, and it's helping my immune system That's i do think he has a little bit of a glow to him too oh Definitely. i am glowing
0: <laughs> but it hasn't helped his hair grow back we talked about that earlier i'm a little upset about that yeah sorry he's bald it hasn't helped me there either <laughs> he's bald as well you can't listen to them but uh kevin you were talking about the nrf1 and the nrf2 what are what are those
2: so all you have to do is look those up nrf1 nrf2 and these are pathways that our body can use To help prevent disease and isn't it interesting that an anti-aging program can actually help us when it comes to fixing our body because a lot of the problems we have are when we what got older i wasn't interested until i got older and things stopped working so this (laughs) is this is the way we can get it working again
0: so we suggest you try this for yourself and the best way to do that is to head on over to supernaturaljunkies.com and there'll be a link right there that you can check out, ProTandem. We'll also have links to studies that you can look at as well.
1: Hey, folks, it's Dr. Dennis from Supernatural Junkies. I just want to talk to you today about ProTandem. I've been taking ProTandem for a few years, and you know what? I feel a difference. I am younger than my age. At least I think I am. Anyway, ProTandem is a strong antioxidant, producer in your body because what it does, it causes your body to increase its glutathione production. And glutathione, folks, is the strongest antioxidant your body has. So if you want to keep strong antioxidants in your body and be a healthier you, I suggest you use ProTandem. (laughs) ProTandem.